Welcome to another episode of the Darren Sargent Show. I'm your host, Darren Sargent. Welcome to episode 19. This is the podcast where you get life advice from a single-handed perspective. I'm so glad you've joined us today. Today, we are asking the question, what is at the core? I want to say a great big thank you to everyone who has made the Darren Sargent Show already a podcast that is rising in the charts. Thank you for those that have subscribed, those that have rated, reviewed, those that have shared with others, posted it on your various social media channels. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hopefully we're making a difference. Before we get too far into this today, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by GPS, God's Positioning System, a free resource, a seven-day devotional based on beginning, belonging, and becoming. You can pick it up at my website, darrensargent.com. Go to the Resources tab and download for free a seven-day devotional called God's Positioning System. Hopefully, it'll be a blessing to you. Today, in episode 19, we are talking about what is at the core. You know, there is a lot of talk in today's world about the core, about strengthening your core. Now, (laughs) a few years ago, I hired a trainer to help me get in better shape, and I I am embarrassed to say I didn't make it very far into the training, but one thing I did pick up in the few lessons that I had is that if you want to strengthen your entire body, you have to begin with the core. You have to start with what is called your core. Now, the history of core training comes from various cultures, but the backstory in the United States, it comes from a time when POWs were being killed because they looked too strong and therefore were more likely to be high risk to their captors. The POWs who looked anemic and weak were allowed to live, so if they exercised, they were risking their lives. But these POWs didn't want to get so weak that if an opportunity to escape availed itself, they, they, weren't able, they wouldn't be able to take it. So they began to work on their core, strengthening their center, even though they appeared weak on the outside. Now, unfortunately, we live in a culture where everyone is trying to Botox and tan and collagen the outside while neglecting the inside, the center, the core. If all of life is just about superficial things, if all we fixate on is what we possess and what we can collect in order to make us feel better about ourselves and look better in the eyes of others, I believe that we're missing out on what life is truly all about. The biggest struggle that we will face in our lives is this internal conflict that we have to deal with. Now, I can, I can deal with my so-called disability on a physical plane. I, I can adjust. I can work on methods of how to do certain things. However, what is most difficult is dealing with the internal struggle that often tries to control our behavior that causes us to, to kind of shrink back from impacting and affecting our world. 
when you allow past mistakes, when I allow other people's words or opinions of me, cause me to internalize certain complexes that inhibit me from facing the world in a creative and effective way, I've lost the battle. We must first of all internalize what God and his word has already declared you and I to be. If not, we will be governed by everyone's opinions of us, how we were treated in the past, the home life that we may have been raised in, the fact that your dad left you, your mom hated you, the fact that maybe even your dog peed on you on a consistent basis. Till you come to a place where at the core you know who you are and you know in whom you have believed, your life will be forever moving from one relationship to another, one job to another, one city to another, trying to find some elusive identity that you'll never find. True identity, that which is formulated from character construction, comes from God and God alone. You have to face life. You have to face your fears. You have to face your doubts, your concerns, your worries, your hurt over what someone may have said or did to you. And you have to move into a place where you say, okay, God, we're going to deal with this once and for all. A few weeks ago in episode eight, I approached the concept of serving our generation. And in that episode, I discussed the life of David in the Old Testament and how he chose to make his life count by serving his generation. I I encourage you to go listen to it if you haven't heard it yet, episode eight. In that episode, I talk for just a moment about the men that connected themselves to David the shepherd boy while he was running from King Saul. These men were no doubt undesirables, if you will, misfits. They were distressed. They were discontented. The Bible says they were even in debt. Men that had been kicked to the curb by their past, their society, their families, their friends. They were just thrown out like they were trash. And they come to David, who's in a cave. They come to him in very bad condition, yet David forms something in them to the point that the Bible says they became the mighty men of David. Ordinary men that eventually did extraordinary things things. What was formed in them was was internal. David was running from Saul, living like a vagabond. Vagabond, he, he didn't offer them marbled ceilings and comfortable surroundings. He didn't offer them a, a plush lifestyle. He offered them difficulty. He offered them being misunderstood by everybody. He offered them struggle, hardship. But those were the very ingredients that were needed to build character in these men's lives. Character is who we are in the dark. Character is what is inside of us when nobody is looking. It's what is formed in us when all we possess is a hope that tomorrow will be better than it is today. Character, it doesn't make you, some people think character should make you just hard, rigid. Character doesn't make you hard, nor does it make you soft. Character makes you pliable while never violating your core. But if you want to make an impact in your life, if you truly want to fulfill the purpose for which God formed and fashioned you, then we are going to have to embrace this struggle of this internal battle without surrendering that core that is being 
formed in us, who you are, who God created you to become. You know, I think too many people roll over the minute struggle appears. They, they, they give up. They begin to measure success by worldly parameters that will not last. I remember, I remember moving when I was about nine years old. We moved to uh, the state of Idaho, southern Idaho. And uh, in the winter, there's not a whole lot to do except snowmobile and ski. And so I wanted to learn to ski. And I remember my dad taking me up to the top of the mountain and basically getting me off that chairlift and making me ski down that hill without any poles. Now, eventually, I learned to ski with one pole. In fact, one time, I remember I was skiing. Me and my brothers were skiing, and I'd gone down a run, and I was underneath a ski lift, and I was waiting on my brother to come down. And, and while I was waiting, some guy up on the chairlift said, Hey, did you lose a pole? And I said, Yes. I have an arm attached to it. Find it quick. I'm bleeding to death. <laughs> and then I just turned and went down the rest of the hill. But anyways, what I'm saying is my dad didn't make an excuse for me and try to shield me from becoming what I needed to become. Now, in our last three episodes, we talked about something, and, and I don't want to get too far into it, but we probably need to talk about it again. You and I are going to face challenges. We're going to face crises, obstacles, and barricades. And if we are unwilling to adapt and change, if we remain rigid and hard, they, those challenges and crises and obstacles and barricades will be defined by the boundaries and the limits that we put on our lives. But if you will allow yourself to be formed and fashioned by God, making you pliable in his hand, you will quickly discover that God will work in you, through you, around you, sometimes in spite of you, in such a powerful and amazing way where nothing, nothing, nothing will ever keep you from creating to becoming the life that God wants you to have. Now, let me get back to David's mighty men before we get too far away from this thought. I, I use this example in a message that I have spoken to students across the globe that I have called How to Save a Life. And it's centered, part of it is centered around one of David's mighty men, a man by the name of Benaiah. I mentioned him in episode eight, and I think I even mentioned that we would eventually talk about him, and here we are talking about Benaiah. Benaiah is one tough cookie. The Bible tells us that he takes on an Egyptian with nothing but a staff in his hand while this Egyptian has a spear, a weaver's beam. He's fighting with something that is so superior than what Benaiah possesses. But the Bible says, and I love this, he plucks it out of his hand, takes that spear, and uses the enemy's own spear, to kill him. And then at one point, it says that Benaiah takes on not one, but two lion-like men of Moab. Now, I don't know what that means other than maybe they belong to an 80s hairband. I don't know. But these two lion-like men of Moab, valiant warriors, he takes them on and destroys them. And then, and this is where it gets interesting, 
One day, Benaiah is out walking in a snowstorm. Why he would walk in a snowstorm, I don't know. I'm from SoCal. I don't like snow. Grew up in it. Don't care for it. Like to go see it. Like to play around in it. Like to throw snowballs. Like to sled. Like to tube. Like to ski. But I don't want to live in it. But he, walking down a path in the middle of a snowstorm, when he encounters a lion, this lion crosses his path and no doubt stops and just takes a look at Benaiah. Now, if it had been me and a lion showed up in my path and then decides to crawl down into a pit and stay down there, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to shout hallelujah. I'm going to have myself a praise break, and then I'm going to skedaddle out of there. But not Benaiah. Benaiah, in the middle of a snowstorm, crawls down <laughs> into this pit with this lion and takes him on. He, the, 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 the conditions aren't right. It's slippery conditions. There's snow everywhere, no doubt ice. But he decides, you know what? I'm going to go down into this pit with this lion and take care of it. Because Benaiah recognizes something. If I don't take care of this while it's beneath the surface, one day it may come out of hiding and not only destroy me, but destroy someone I love. He took care of what was underneath the surface, the core. Listen to me in the final few moments of this episode. We must take care of those things, those issues, that sin, that jealousy, that envy that no one else can see right now before it's too late. I, I tell students and adults everywhere, conquer the hidden lions in your teens and in your 20s so they won't destroy you in your 40s and in your 50s. God's got too much invested in you for some jealous spirit, some angry spirit, some lustful spirit to destroy you. You have potential to do amazing things for God, but you got to deal with what's at the core. Take care of it. Let God lead you. Let God form you. I said it earlier, God is more interested in my character than he is my comfort. I want him to deal with those things that maybe I haven't taken time to deal with. Thank you for listening today on the Darren Sargent Show. As always, visit us at darrensargent.com. Don't forget the GPS free resource. Go download it. Share it with your students. Share it with your members of your youth group. Whoever you want to share, share it with your, your uncle that you don't like. Maybe it'll help him. It's free. Go grab it. Again, thanks, and make sure to subscribe, to rate it, to review it, and to share it. I appreciate it. Have an awesome day.